It's time now for the Wednesday Morning Coffee Club. Welcome to the Wednesday Morning Coffee Club with Bill and Jenny Sparks, Dave and Chris Reekard, Tim Oni, and the crew. Bill will be taking your phone calls and you will hear lots of conversation. We will have cooking tips, demonstrations of products, and much, much more. And you may reach us by calling 1-646-558-8656. You will need the meeting ID 848-725-450. And when you're asked for a user ID, just press pound. You may download Zoom from the Play Store or the App Store. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Bill Sparks. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Wednesday Morning Coffee Club. I want to make sure my crew's in here because I've muted muted everybody. Are you guys there? We're here. We're here. We're here. Yeah. Everybody's being so quiet, I, I don't know what to do. Anyway, I'm Bill, and she's Jenny. Jenny, how are you doing downstairs in your office? I'm good so far, I think. I woke up this morning and heard... I thought it was thunder, but it could have been the dog running up and down the stairs. Could have been. Could have it's a been. loud dog. <laughs> could have been. Could have been. Uh, but anyway, I think there was a little thunder, a little bit of rain anyway. We had to get some holes patched in our backyard where Mr. Dog decided to um, dig them. So now that we've got that issue kind of halfway resolved... And do you got a busy day planned, Jennifer? Yeah, we're supposed to have company this afternoon. So oh. I guess we'll be busy preparing for that. The famous homemade spaghetti? So, yeah. anyway, there we go. Uh, Dave and Chris in Altoona, I know you've got to do your your gingerbread thing, so you may may not even be there. Uh, we're here, uh, 72 degrees right now, but it's supposed to go up in the high 80s today, so you know how that goes. <laughs> but we're doing well. Very, very good. Let's see. Um, I know Chris is checking on the gingerbread because Dave's got a birthday coming up on Friday. Friday, but... Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> but they're rescheduling his dinner to... Thursday because of taking the cat to the vet on Is there going to be corn, Dave? Yeah, we're going to have skillet fried chicken and homemade french fries and corn and gingerbread. Sounds <laughs> pretty good to me. Sounds very good to me. Jeff in Albany. What's I can tell you that this week is great. I love nice warm weather, which is what we've been having all week. Yesterday, I spent the afternoon at Dave & Buster's. My daughter, Brenna, turned 12 yesterday, July 2nd. And we went to Dave & Buster's, and it wasn't crowded yesterday afternoon. Maybe because it was such a nice day. I'm wondering about the future of these places and these malls, because it seems to me that I don't know how long these places are going to last. But she had a great time. Uh, her sister had a great time. They enjoyed playing the games. And, uh, you know, the food isn't, isn't the best, but it's not the worst. So we had a good time, and... Uh, 
what was more important is that the kids had a good time. Uh, some kids, let's say my my stepsister, my 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 daughter, stepdaughter through uh, my my marriage to Christian. Adriana is nineteen years old, but she acted like a like a little kid in uh, David Buster's with Brenna. So it was it was a good day altogether. Well, that's good. Let's see. I guess we might as well talk to Tim. Tim in Minneapolis. What's going on with Tim? Uh, it's pretty hot here. It's supposed to be in the upper 80s. Yeah, Maggie. Um, sorry. <laughs> and uh, um, they're getting all ready for 4th of July, and I'm doing my shows on the 4th, so if people want to listen, they're more than welcome. It, I mean, is it always hot in Minnesota, Tim? Every time I talk to you, it's always cold and snowy. I mean, you get snow up until June, don't you? In your neck of the woods, sometimes. Uh, usually, usually it's done by April or so. But <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> but uh, no, it, in the summers we get. Oh, I, I think our record record high in the Twin Cities was 114. Oh my. So we've been consistently ninety every day this week or above. Um, so it, yeah. it's been warm, 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 warm. We'll get back to you in just a moment, Tim, because we've got some questions we're going to ask you about our our topic coming up here in just a moment. I just want to take time to say hello to Pam. I think she's in the room now, Julie. Julie and Bill in Chicago and, of course, Joe and Ellen. So hello to everybody um, there. And I don't think I've missed anybody. You know, since we've switched to this new Live 365, I can look up here on my screen and see where all the listeners are coming from. And we've got folks listening in California, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Illinois. We're all over Ohio. So we're all over the place, folks listening, Michigan. So hello to everyone out there listening. So at least I can tell now I've got a good idea of not only where you're listening from, but what kind of listening device you're listening to the legend on. So that makes it a little easier when we target our programming. We know wh- what what people are actually using to to listen to the legend. So, just out of curiosity, how many people are still using computers to listen? Well. I would say it would would be one of your smaller percentages, maybe three or four out of this list, if that, are actually listening on straight computers. Most of them are on the, the what I call the new radio, the the Lady A's and the Google Assistants or something like that. I can't track the Victor stream because I can't nail that one right now. But very, very few people are listening on straight computers anymore. It's mainly gone to the devices. And can you blame them? Because no, they can, it's a lot easier to just. I use my Sonos and I use my Sonos or my Amazon Tap when I listen to the legend. Right. I mean, if you could be up and around, I mean. Sitting on a computer, if that's all we had, 
that's what we did. But when you can move around and you can go places and do things, um, they are using that. And, you know, think about it. When they want to listen to the legend, all they have to do is say it, and it comes up, and they just don't have to do anything else instead of, you know, typing in addresses and doing this, that, and the other. And the only thing that a legend doesn't do is, you know, bookmarks. But I will tell you, Dave, these Toshiba TVs make very good players for... Uh, the legend or music. I mean, the sound on those things is phenomenal. And by the way, those TVs, the f- the one that I bought, and you, the forty three inch is going on sale for like one seventy nine. Wow! And it was over three hundred dollars. So I think I paid two ninety nine for my forty three inch one when I bought it originally, yeah, and that was the over. A little, that was about a year ago in right. July. I bought it last one, July, if I'm not one, mistaken, one or in June. Seven, right, so, one seventy nine. Uh, yes, and look out because what is it? The fifteenth and sixteenth, Amazon's supposed to be having their big, their big. Sale, so you might even Prime get Day, but be aware that not only is Amazon having Prime Day, but Walmart's starting their Prime or their equivalent of it starting on the 14th, running through the 17th. So and Target's going to do something close to them too. And so is eBay. They're running a. Uh, uh, you can buy stuff on eBay cheap on uh, that. So they're all trying to compete with Amazon's Prime Day stuff. So you be, be aware. There's a lot of. There's a lot of opportunities to buy things out on the web starting on July. Well, I would say starting on July 14th. That's getting to be a pretty full bandwagon with everybody jumping on it. Well, hey, they figure Amazon had success with it. Why not do it? You know? Yeah, and I noticed uh, Google Home device, the little one, is on sale for, is it twenty four ninety five? I think. twenty four ninety five. The Google Home Minis, Tim. That's yeah. a nice, that's a very good price for that. I know that's that that, yeah. that was a bit more money. I, I got mine as a gift last year. And I've uh, I've had it. I've been using it. I don't use it as much as I use the Amazon device, but I do use it occasionally. It's really good for certain things, so I yeah, really I mean, do it's, like it's it. It's very good for certain things. Now, if you're a true diehard radio user, it's good for tune in or things like that. Maybe podcasts. But boy, if you want Sirius XM or you know tune in live or or something like that. You're just out of luck. You're not going to get the additional sports or things that you might get. But if you want telephone numbers and searching and things like that, it, it's it's pretty good. But they're going to be on sale. I saw Audible, was it, that you can buy a... If you sign up for three months of Audible at, I don't know, $15 or something like that, you can get a... Uh, dot one of those third or fourth generation dots for a, a buck or two or a penny is very very cheap. So it's uh, they're just pushing more and more and more of those devices. I don't. We've got one in Florida, a, a Google device, and you know it works fine. But I, I guess I'm just used to the Amazon one. The show is going on sale, too. The thing where you can link up your cameras or spot, those things are going on sale. If you have a 
one of those ring things that you can use it. And that really does make it nice when somebody comes to the door. Uh, It's just so simple. You know who's at your door. Somebody's at your door. If you, it's just, it's a good thing. All right, guys. If you've all been, I think everybody on this panel. Next week, the conventions start. Uh, NFB in Las Vegas and the ACB in Rochester. Now. The question I'm going to ask for the audience, the panel, A, do you still go to consumer conventions? Are there any advantages in going every year? Is it priced out too high for you? Um, Or can you get most everything that you want to listen to and hear from home? So does anybody have any comments on that or I think it's like going to a sporting event, you know. There's nothing quite like being there, but do you really want to go? Well, that's that's kind of a personal thing, I guess. It's it's like buying a ticket to a sporting event, you know. Sometimes nothing replaces live, but they have gotten really expensive, and the one advantage to going, aside from actually just being there in the crowd, is probably the hands-on that you can get in the exhibit hall. But... I don't go because it, quite frankly, it just isn't really worth it anymore. I love going, but it is expensive. But I would like to go. I wouldn't go every year, but I might go every two or three years. Next year, it's going to be outside of uh, Chicago, I believe. It's going to be in Illinois. And I might go to that one because you can learn a lot. of. Some of the forums are pretty nice. Some of the uh, technology forums are nice. And some of the, the talks about transportation, other things, other things are nice. But... With ACB, for example, broadcasting it live, well, do I really have to go? I can listen to, listen to a lot of that stuff on the Internet as well. So there is certainly a, a, a value in what Chris talks about. But I do like to go occasionally because you can get to meet people. It's a place where you can network and meet people. That's another that's another thing as well. So yeah, I, Tim, I agree. You haven't been in a long time, Tim, but you used to go every year. But is it because of cost? If they would pay your way to Las Vegas, would you go? Uh, possibly. A lot of it for me is family right. concerns. And so that's why I haven't gone as much. But um, I guess. No, you don't want to pay $6 a K-cup for cured coffee pods, uh, do you, Tim? <laughs> no, I certainly wouldn't. By the way, um, that it is... You can bring your own and use their machine, which I think is kind of interesting. So, Tim, are you going to be able to listen to the NFB convention on one of your devices? Yeah, there are are a number of ways of doing it with theirs. Um, On, I believe, both Amazon and... Google devices, you ask it to play 195 The Globe on TuneIn, and um, it's also available that way on the computer through 195 The Globe, but it's also, there is a regular stream of the convention that's just the stream itself, I think, I think that's the way they're doing it, Um, if you go to Hang on a second. Let me... I have to find this here. 
I think both organizations have the convention pretty well covered, Bill. Um, I know. Yeah. Does ACB do more of the in-depth stuff as far as... Um, didn't they used to broadcast from interactive, would broadcast live? I don't think they do that anymore, maybe. I thought they did that last year. They broadcast the convention uh, but. I'm more interested in the breakout sessions where they have the meetings of uh, like uh, the blind data processing or bits bits or some of those other areas. Uh, you know where they may be talking about transportation. They, they that's the areas I like to specialize in. It's technology and transportation. Okay, it's nfb.org/livestream. Okay, Tim, what's the difference between? What'd you call it? Ninety-five. One one ninety-five. The Globe is a radio station that normally plays music and things like that. And I, I think they're going to be doing. I mean, they're just going to stream the. They're just going to stream the convention. Are they picking it up from the NFB stream? I I think so. Yeah, I'm guessing because last year they didn't offer the NFE stream as a, as I remember it. They didn't offer that as a separate link, but maybe they decided that people wanted to listen to it without having. So yeah, your, your headset's kind of about breaking up there, Tim. Oh, huh. I don't know why that would be. Is that better? Yeah. Yes. Now okay. is it because is it because they have an N? Is it because they have an in with the NFB that they can do this? And we acknowledge you, Julie. We'll get you in just a second. Is it because they have an in with the NFB that they can do this broadcasting? What would prevent Legend Oldies or whoever, whoever, to broadcast the NFB convention? Yeah, you know, I'm not not totally sure if that's if they really do or not. I mean, I know. The- people that own 195 the globe as far as i know are all nfb members um that's but um maggie (laughs) sorry um anyway the but as far as i know that's the only reason that they're doing it is they just want to cover it and they get a lot of listeners for it (laughs) they had uh i believe Last year, they had about 250 listeners a lot of the time. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. We had a question from about Julie McCullough. Go ahead, Julie. Yes, thank you. I have a couple of questions. Um, Now then, is the ACB convention, is it just streamed on their radio station on mainstream during the convention? Do they suspend some of their programming for the convention? or I, I believe they do and I'm not totally sure, but if you go to acb.org and click on the ACB radio link, that's where you'll find the information about the convention, Julie. Okay. Oh. Now, a- a- ACB seems to have, I mean, it would be super expensive, but it would be a nice combination of a convention and a vacation. They've got so many tours going on. Well, they do. I mean, it's in Rochester, New York this year. I mean, I'm not going this year because I, I can't. I've got I've got other things going on. My daughter has a martial arts thing that she's involved with, so I can't make it this year. But I definitely would have gone. It's not that far away from me. I could have easily afforded to get there. 
They always they're they're more into the tours. Every year they do that, Julie. Every, they have tours. Oh my all kinds of tours. Oh my goodness. Well, I, and I I'd like to go back to um, the devices. I did not realize where I raised my hand seemed to be in a different location today. Um, I don't know if that's because of your new system or or what, but for some reason it seemed to be in a different place. Anyway, uh, they may have updated Zoom. That was the issue. Oh, okay. That could be. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, I've heard a couple different things about this. Now, um, I can read my Kindle books on my iPhone. I don't have a Kindle device. Um, I understood someone to tell me that I could also do the A-Lady on my iPhone. Is that correct? And some other people said, no, you have to have a device to do it. Um, uh, you can do the A-Lady. If you're in the Amazon app, you can use the A-Lady. There's a button in the Amazon app that will let you use the A-Lady to talk on the iPhone. But it it's really kind of kludgy. I, I don't do it that way. I use I use the voice dictation and do regular searches. You can, Julie. You can. Um, it's it's almost cheaper to catch these things on sale at $15 and do whatever and get you an Amazon device, but you can do it. Technically, yes, it's possible. Mm-hmm. Is it practical sometimes? Eh, not so much, but mm-hmm. it works. You know, and you, and you, you know, you can do it. Um, um, I don't know. I, th- I think I would probably, probably not do it that way but you know if you need to you need to but it it's it's just not designed for the phone and somebody could disagree with me of course but anybody on the panel do you guys want to do use your um amazon do you use lady a on the on your iphone I did occasionally, but I really don't. I, I just use the search uh, and the edit field to put the stuff in manually myself. I think it's a lot easier to do it that way. No, yeah. we, I have sent messages before on the phone. Yeah. I've had I sent to. messages when I was out, and somebody sent me a message from on the Echo, and I've used my phone to reply to him because I was out before. But as, as cheap as the dots are becoming, you know, in like in a few weeks or fifteen, twenty dollars, I mean, it um, it becomes more and more less that way. But hey, you know, whatever works for you. I found that it's Alexa doesn't always work properly. I, I asked it to look for Hydrox cookies using my voice, and it couldn't find it. And the only way I could find it was uh, searching with it. Using the search bar in Amazon on the either on the iPhone or on the computer, but it, no matter what I said with my voice, it would not recognize. It kept telling me that they don't, they're not there, and I and, and I knew they were there. So sometimes the the voice assistant part of Amazon doesn't always work properly. But you know what? That's true with Apple. That's true with Apple too, because I've worked, I've uh, hunted for songs with a uh, dictate with Apple, and it wouldn't find them. But when I typed them in, it would. Julie, you have a whole, another question? Hold on a second, Julie. Oh. 
Go ahead, go ahead, Julie. Okay, I. That's interesting that you should have looked for Hydrox cookies. Can you still find Hydrox cookies anymore? They are available. They come in boxes, uh, in orders. You buy them. They have there's six packages. When you buy them, they're made by. They're made by a company called Aleaf America's Hydrox Cookies, and they are available. They're not made by Sunshine anymore, but they are available. Uh, on, and I can't find them anywhere else unless you have a Kroger where you live. They don't sell them at any of the supermarkets locally, so you, the only way I can buy them is uh, buying them at Amazon. But they are available on Amazon. Hmm. That's wonderful. I shouldn't be eating them, but they are available there. I was going to uh-huh. mention... Um, you were talking about things. One one I found is on the phone. If you want to open up Live 365, you have to say Live 365. Otherwise, it won't work. By the way, and that skill hasn't been working as well. Maybe they fixed it, Tim. When I go to Live 365 and I say open to that skill, it says uh, the skill unavailable at this time. And I'm not sure why it's doing that. So... Well, that's why I meant is if you say live 365, it won't work. But if you say live 365, it works. Oh, I'll try that. Fortunately, since we've enabled or got TuneIn on board with the legend again, it's very easy to just say, you know, you don't have to miss because it's all combined with live 365 anyway. So you don't have to do anything special than you did before but one thing I've noticed one of our trip to the convention we actually used the NFB news line to read the ACB schedule of events (laughs) oh and find out where all the rooms were that was funny because some people are so for one or the other and and I had gotten in a big discussion with somebody about Newsline and they said oh well they shouldn't do these free things and do this and do that and 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 all this and I'm like you know what you're crazy I use I'm not ashamed that I use Newsline and I used it a lot at that convention because we could find out where the where the things we wanted to go to were what what room they were going to be in it was kind of cool and they had the restaurant menus Hey, I'm all for whatever makes it work for you. And but. and and in reality, even though they are two separate organizations, they have on occasion. Now, Tim, maybe you know more about this than I do, but I know that ACB and NFB have taken up uh, up, up certain causes where they've worked together. That that's very rare, and it doesn't happen very often, but it has happened in the past. It was definitely true. On I mean, the ACB worked with the NFB on Marrakesh, and. And there, yeah, there have been several things like that. Um, I was going to mention, mention kind of a, well, in a way, kind of a sad note. Although it's it's neat that things have been advancing so that we don't necessarily need it anymore. But uh, Minnesota State Services for the Blind has been running something they call dial-in news since I believe 1991. And uh, they just discontinued it now because NFB Newsline pretty much covers everything that it did. And so they're just promoting that service now. One year I would like to see a convention covered by a, oh, I don't know, maybe not a radio station like ours, but 
one where they actually go and broadcast live from the convention. You get the sessions, but you also get them live from the um, oh the hall the exhibit halls. Exhibit I mean exhibit hall, right? And you're you're talking to people live right there. Maybe you only do a two or three well, for it. Do you remember when Jonathan Mosen ran ACB Radio and, and um, the guy David, I forgot his last name in England, Randy? Yeah. They did that. They tried to do that. They actually went through the exhibit hall at one time and they would talk to the ex- the vendors. Um, and they used to do that at one time. Right. You know, where it's there, where it's live, instead of... And I've never understood these these people that used to say, well... We'll hold this back for a month or two, and we'll put this recording up. By the time things get put up, then it's old news. You know, it's it's not. Um, I've I've never been one for holding stories. If if something's live, breaking, then cover it for goodness sakes right now. Don't don't hold it back. Well, no blind bargains does that because they. They're afraid that because people complain about getting too many podcasts and they're afraid they'll miss one. So they only release a few at a time for that reason, partly. They do a wonderful job. Now, no, don't uh, let us go on record by saying they do a wonderful, wonderful job. But a lot of... A lot of times, consumer organizations or whatever, uh, like these CESs, these some of these techs will actually broadcast live from there and do. Uh, what's the guy's name? He's Dave Graveline. You ever seen him on audio or electronics? You ever heard of the Graveline Report? Yeah, he he did a radio show called Into Tomorrow. Remember that? Right, right. He would he would go to all these organizations and broadcast, you know, live, and so you know exactly right. And I would think the vendors would like that also because you're doing it, you know, you're doing it live. People can know about what they've got, what they don't have, and they can ask some of the questions. I believe we have someone. I believe it's uh, uh, Joe and Ellen have a question. Yes, I, uh, this is Joe here in Albuquerque. I used to live in Minnesota, so that is, is interesting about state services for the blind. Now, here in New Mexico, of course, NFB Newsline is all over, but the Commission for the Blind here is still running dial-in news, and they're still using live readers. So that's a very uh, interesting And Ellen and I were flying out on Friday to Rochester, New York. You're going to? We hope to to meet some of your people there, and that would be great. I know you're running to and fro, and there isn't that much time to sit down and have a cup of coffee that much with somebody because everybody's going everywhere. The problem, Joe, is it's not the problem you don't want to sit down and have a cup of coffee or do whatever. It's the problem finding your... Like in St. Louis, I remember last year, it was hard finding your place from A to B to C to get to this to get to this conference or that presentation or whatever the case may be. Um, it always wasn't the easiest to get from from part A to part B. It's not just like you walk a few steps. Well, 
people were very, very frustrated because it was not set up really properly for blind people at that at that place last year, Bill. And I, they got a lot of very, very negative comments on that, if I remember correctly. Uh, and I, and I, and I, I know Pamela Francis has her hand, and I think you, and she was having problems with St. Louis as well, if I remember correctly. So, let me get you unmuted here, Pam. Go ahead, Pam. Okay, um, I just have a quick question with reference to how these places are scouted and with as far as are they do the organ how much how much does the local chapter have to do with whether or not this place is accessible to the people that it's supposed to be serving for that week last year as as Bill alluded to, St. Louis was crap. I was there. I got a chance to meet Bill and Jenny. For that, I'm grateful. But oh my God, it was not pretty. But how but, much? How much input does the chapter have? I don't think the local chapters have a lot of input. One of the things that dictates where the convention is held, Pam, and I think Bill, you're familiar with this because you've worked in this area, is they they they're looking for a place that they can find at a reasonable price, and that's and that's what they they look for. They didn't really care about the mobility issues in St. Louis as much. They, they found a place that would meet their budget. That's the issue that I see. But maybe, Bill, maybe you could disagree with me. Maybe you can tell me from your perspective about that. Because that's what I was told. is It's a budgetary thing a lot of times. They they try to find places that will that they, they can write a contract with that, that goes within their budgetary guidelines, Pam. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, they've got to set, they try to get the, probably the very, very best rate they can for their, you know, consumers, and that has a lot well, to do with it. they all like it at about $89 a night, and so you got to take what you can get if you want to keep it that low. And It's, 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 it's a very difficult proposition i mean having doing the uh, the alumni and that's on a small level compared to this i mean that was bad enough i know i know janet dickelman i worked with her for years and she just does one whale of a job getting the acb stuff together year after year after year and that and if you're on that convention list bill you can't believe the amount of email of all the resources that are available are sent out long before the convention that you can find information on. Bill has got his hand raised, Bill. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. The The other thing that, that I wanted to bring up is it's partly about price. It's also partly about how many people each meeting room will accommodate and how many meeting rooms they need, how many huge ones, how many semi-huge ones, how many medium ones. And if you get the price up too high, then people are going to fuss about that, too. Yeah, I got, uh, I got one. I know I didn't. I wasn't at the one in St. Louis last year, but I know the building that was in that was the old railroad station. I was in that building was a railroad station, and that was a monstrous building. And it was made into a shopping mall, then it was made into a hotel. So, who knows how they laid the rooms out in that place and laid it out? It wasn't laid out. It was just laid out as a as a place to do business. It's just like they're going to redo our post office, old post office building down here. It's like almost a square block, and they're going to make malls out of it and shopping centers and hotels and stuff. And I don't know what it's going to be like inside, but that's going to be horrible. But I do agree that most of these places try to keep it down to $89 or so, because I know some people complain to me about the price of the ISP one. 
uh, because they said, oh, that's, that's high, blah, 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 you know. But wait to come Chicago. If they get that place up in Schaumburg for $89, it's going to be a shack. Well, you know. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a member of the Illinois one, but I already know Schaumburg is not a cheap area of the city. They might have found a better place downtown. But it's going to be it's going to be over a hundred dollars. I'll bet you a night, unless they got some way to subsidize that. Where is Schaumburg in relationship Schaum- to Chicago, Bill? North Northwest. It's up near O'Hare Field. If you're coming into O'Hare Field, you're going to have a great thing because you're only going to have about a fifteen minute cab ride. But if you want to come downtown, that's going to cost you. You can bring the I don't know what kind of tour they're going to have, but you can get the elevated train and come downtown through the Blue Line, which ends up as a subway downtown. But I mean, it's. But I know they're not going to get unless they're going to be subsidized somehow. They're not going to get no room for eighty nine dollars in Schaumburg. Next well, year. they might. They might only because they're booking it so far in advance. They've already signed the contract to hold the convention there, Bill. So maybe they've been able to negotiate the yeah, price. Yeah, maybe they, maybe they negotiated the price. But well, I know the thing is, you know, they're negotiating prices for a whole bunch of rooms for a week, and we, right. I know, got a lot of complaints about having the NFB convention over the 4th of July, which, in a way, is kind of crummy, but, you know, that's how they got the rates, because they booked over a holiday, which the hotels are lots of times in those convention hotels, they're not very well booked for the holiday, so they want to book those rooms that week. Right. Right. One of the advantages of, of going to a convention like that Sometimes, as if you want to buy a product, like this is an example, something something from from Freedom Scientific. Uh, you, 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 they always have these special convention rates, and you might be able to get a product that's much cheaper during the convention time than you would have had you bought it during the rest of the part of the year as well. Well, but two things they don't tell you, Jeff. A lot of times they a don't have the product. They they might advertise it, and they'll ship it to you. You know after. After you go home, I mean, that's not always the case. But I've also heard of consumers who, customers who give them a call while, you know, they said, I want the, you know, convention special. You're giving it to them. You know, why not give it to me? So I've seen that They're work also. That. The what, Chris? I'm sorry. They're starting to do that. I've seen a lot of that advertised this year. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah, I have two. So most things I've wanted to buy at the convention, I've never actually been able to bring home with me. Yeah, that. that so they always say, well, they don't want to pay sales tax on it, so then you have to, or they don't keep enough, and they don't want to pay the sales tax, so then you have to call them anyway and order it. Well, I, your price, but it would be really hard to bring enough stuff. I mean, for. Yeah, but they make you think. That- I know, and they sh- they should tell you. And and the the experience I've had when I've bought things at convention, they pretty much have told me. Now you can go ahead and pay for it now if you want to, and we will ship it when we get home, or you can call when when you get home and we'll ship it for the same price. So, you know, now, whatever. Here's a be question nice to for have it because if you needed help using it, you could get it. Here's a question for the panel. Do you think that you almost need to enjoy the convention to go to all the different sessions and whatever and whatever and work your way through the 
exhibit halls, do you almost need a guide, or can you do it without a guide? What, I think what? you can do it very well without a guide, but I can tell you that when my mom was alive and we went, it it made my life far easier. I did it after she was gone, but it was a lot more frustrating. Right, because you don't know where this booth is, and, and there's such a crowd of there's, people. There's so many things to do that I think it would be nice if you had a guide because you could run between sessions easier because sometimes one starts that you want to go to right after. Like if you went to the general session, they may have one starting right after that and you don't have time to wander around and get there or you'll be late for that one. And as yeah. I recall, and I've been to I've been to both conventions in one shuts down the exhibit hall while the general session is in order, and one just lets the consumer hall, you know, the exhibit hall keep on going. And I've noticed that they only are there for like two or three days. Like the last couple of days, the exhibit halls are closed down. Uh, Julie, go ahead. I wonder if now more people are going to use... Um, like era or be my eyes to try to get around the hall. Um, that 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 may be, th- and they can use those. I will tell you in St. Louis. So last year, Ira had some real issues. Now we're Ira users, so don't let me think that I don't love the service because we do. But they had problems with the hotel and maps and a whole hotel. And it was, you know, we got one real good one. But for every good one I got, I may have got four or five agents that couldn't get the job done. So That hotel was so confusing that even the volunteers that were there to help, you couldn't hardly find their way around them. So it, it was a struggle. Hopefully this year it will be much much better, but yeah, that is a strategy, and they do offer that. So one of the things, though, they have to, they have to realize is yeah, that uh, I, I know that the NFB and ACB are a little uh, different. I've never yeah. been to an NFB convention, yeah. but I'm does NFB right? Does NFB have volunteers like ACB now that help people get around? Yes, they have a lot, or they used to, I'm sure they still do. They had a lot of people at one time from UPS, and Tim probably has been since I have, but they had quite a few volunteers from UPS. Yeah, they still do. They did. We got uh, the real 225 on the line. Pierre, are you prepared to talk? Oh, yeah. Oh, you never stop talking. Go ahead, Pierre. Uh, you've been to, and you're going this stop. year again. You what? You're going this year again, aren't you? Yeah, we're leaving tomorrow morning. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, when they planned this thing uh, in Rochester, the room rates are great. They're $82 a night. But it's getting there. Man, I've heard more people complain that you can't get there from here. They want you to change planes three times just to get there, you know. And uh, so they, when they were looking at the hotel, they didn't look at the airlines and how to how to get there. So yeah. it's very expensive when you have to change planes twice. 
Do you think, Pierre, now you go pretty much every year. Do you think it's, and we're, we're talking generically, do you think these conventions are pricing people right out of going that only a few people are going to be able to take advantage of these? Or, well, the main thing is uh, the food in these hotels um, are just outrageous. You know, I mean, here. Uh, I mean, it's just unreal what they charge for, like, a, a hamburger and fries that you can go to McDonald's and get for five bucks. They want $25 for it, you know? I always try and, to I try to always go somewhere outside the hotel to eat Pierre because that's the reason I don't like eating at the hotels because the food is very expensive and, and it's, it's not really that good a lot of times either. A lot of as Tim pointed out, if you use the mini bar in some of these hotel rooms and you take a K cup from the mini bar for your Keurig and it's six dollars, I just bought Keurig coffee pods for seventy five bucks for one hundred and twenty pods from Amazon that that's oh, being shipped today and I, I'm going to receive it today. So why would I want to pay six dollars for one K cup? You know that's the issue. I, I, I was going to mention also, uh, when I mentioned that $6 per K-cup, it's also $20 per bottle of water. Whoa! Well, you know, uh, I, I heard this week that, you know, we're going to Schaumburg. The uh, Internet, uh, the Wi-Fi and all is free in the hotel in Schaumburg. I heard that the NFB uh, in uh, Las Vegas, it's $40 a day. That is what that hotel charges. My understanding is that there are ways of getting it for free. I'm not sure what what the requirement is that you do that. But, but part of the problem is that, that we're not entitled to anything different from anyone else, Pierre. And I think I get a lot of blind people who tell me, but we're entitled. No, you're not entitled. This is what it means to go to a convention. This is what it means for what it, for what it costs. And if you don't like it, don't go. That's exactly. the bottom line. But, but I mean, like, like that, that's you, you negotiate when you're ne- negotiating your contract with the hotel, you know? Right, and I guess it's the negotiations. And isn't the reason it's eighty-two is because isn't Ira or somebody paying so much money or subsidizing? Yes, Ira is subsidizing some of that cost uh, of that cost. And you know, if, if 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 more, you know, more of these companies will do that. Th- then that'll work. It looks like we got two raised hand guys. Right, we got Bill and we have Jerry. So do you want to try Bill first and Jerry second? Or how do you want to do it, Bill? Well, Jerry's not been on yet, so let's okay. give Jerry his shot. Okay. Good morning, everybody. Happy day before the fourth. Uh, you brought up a good point. Uh, uh, we're we're going to make coffee now. Have our first cup. We were listening to the. Um, 69th anniversary of the debut of the lineup on radio, on the old-time radio channel on Sirius XM. But it was a great point about, yes, Jeff, you made a great point. We are not entitled because we are blind. And hey, if you can't afford it, don't go. Well, I, I agree with you to a point. Not that we're entitled, but you want to... Try to make things as affordable so you can get people to go. Because if they can't go, then then maybe you're not going to be able to run these um, organizations as effectively if people can't go. But you're right. We don't. 
I always wonder why more states don't charter buses for all where all the chapters can get together and go in that state or something that wanted to go. Well, again, costs involved in that. One of the re- one of the things about chartering buses because we looked into that and. In a rural state, you've almost got to have everybody come to one spot anyway because if you start, say, up in northwest or southwest Arkansas and travel east and pick people up, and even if you just narrow it to, say, five locations, it some people are going to be on the bus for four or five hours before they even get out of state and even get everybody on the bus. That's one of the problems we ran into anyway. Does, does well, that... Go ahead, Bill. You go ahead. Oh well, that's just one. When you talk about charter, that's just that's just one of the things to charter. You're going to have a long bus ride. But I was listening to ABC or ABC ACB mainstream this morning before I clicked over to the legend about seven fifteen, and they were doing. I guess people are calling in and finding out stuff at Rochester about transportation, and sometimes the convention they've got to look at where the city is located and, and what transportation goes in. Because I know, for example, there's two people come in Annapolis, uh, Don and them, and they're flying out Friday morning at, at I think it's 7 o'clock, they leave Indianapolis. They go to Baltimore. They got a two-hour layover to get to Baltimore by flying. And just like Pierre said, some of the places you go to, you got to figure out transportation because if you're going to spend six, seven hours trying to get there and, and, and flying, that's a long time. You can go to Europe by that time, but it's just they need to get where you get more direct air flights. Now, when they have it next year in, in uh, Chicago, well, there's practically every place in the United States comes into Chicago, except a few you may have to go through Atlanta. And wouldn't it be, like, like for that. example, in Schaumburg, if you go to O'Hare, I'm sure there's a bus, a shuttle bus that will oh, take yeah, you from O'Hare they to they the got, hotel. They, yeah, right, they got all kinds of shuttle buses out there. And, of course, you got and it's all that stuff to get there. So, I mean, it's, just, it's convenient. And just the same way if you even had a downtown or downtown, if you even had in Chicago a downtown hotel, there's all kinds of shuttles come from the airports to the downtown area that you can catch. Now, I know they got shuttle buses because they they talked about them. Uh, in Rochester, there is a shuttle bus, but if your plane gets in at the odd time, you're going to have to wait till the next shuttle bus gets back there. So you may have to sit at the airport for a couple hours or so. And like this poor one, one, one girl was calling in, and she's taking the uh, train, which is the Empire Builder goes into there. Well, that's okay going, but when she wants to leave, the day she wants to leave, she's got to be at the train station at 5:45 in the morning. Because that's the time the train goes back to where she's coming from. So I mean, you got you know it's just the transportation. They got to look at that a little better too for people. They should just pick cities where you got more transportation coming into it or direct transportation. I know certain states say, "Oh, I want it in my town. Or I want it in my town. I want this. Want that." But that that makes a big difference on people traveling. We have I one question. I believe in Joe and Ellen. Before we, I know we got a demo to get going on here, Bill, but. Yeah, we do. Uh, go ahead, guys. Oh. Who is it that wants to talk? I guess they... I guess they don't. I was going to mention real quick, um, I noticed that Way Around is tagging all the tables in the exhibit hall at the NFB convention, so 
that should make it pretty easy for people to find things in the exhibit hall. Are you just to explain? I mean, each table that the exhibit hall user uses will have a braille label telling what the company is. No, this is for the iPhone. Way around is a. So you're going to have to put your... Oh, I know what you're talking about. Okay. So you put your iPhone out, and hopefully you can get it close enough to that tag. Yeah, to read. It it says that it's on the corner of every table. I'm not sure what they mean. Hopefully you can hear it and all that noise. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's the only problem I can (laughs) You've got a point there, too. All right, we've got a quick raised hand, guys. Make your point and make it quick. Go ahead. Okay, it's me. It's Ellen. Good morning. Um, I I ran into that transportation problem, too, when I was doing the research for the flights. And um, we've got an early morning return back here. um, And that's all I could find. I'm like, okay. But it works. Now, we're actually coming in and out through, through Chicago, Bill, so... It's kind of nice. We'll kind of be sort of in your neighborhood. <laughs> but anyway, um, I just wanted to point that out. It is tough to do that. Plus, since I'm in a wheelchair, I have to figure out accessible transport, ground transportation right. once I get there. And that can be a real stickler. I had to go to, go to Janet Dickelman for help because I... You know, I didn't know anything yeah, about it. Makes so, it very, very fortunately difficult. for fortunately for me, I had um, some help. I, you know, uh, so we'll see how all this shakes out. But I, I understand that wholeheartedly. I had to go, and I go through that every year. I didn't go yes last year because we had just moved into where we where we are now. Right. So that took up all, all the money. But, you know. All right, we'll be well, back in two minutes. Have a good guys. time at the convention, Ellen, and, and very good luck to you. And hope you guys have a good time when you're there. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So, mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole, or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and left with bunny ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. Two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2 men 2 xorg to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat, and apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable, but how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer. Volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. We are live outside the home of Joe and Rosie Goddard, where a pretty big tickle fight broke out just minutes ago. Sources say their father instigated the laughter. Let's go inside for a comment. (laughs) Apparently, they have no comment. Dads, let this be a reminder that it only takes a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services 
and the Ad Council. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST. F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ed Council. Oh, no, you don't. Oh, okay. As long as you got somebody to help you out, you're all right. Oh, well. Okay. Um, Bill, can I make one comment? Well, we got to no. go real, real fast. <laughs> Ellen, sorry, Ellen, I'm next I'm year you come to Schaumburg. Do not- all right. Uh, we'll repause in just a moment. You're listening to the Worldwide Legend. We are in our second hour, and we're getting ready to do a, a demo. With Dave and Chris. Okay. Dave and Chris, what are you doing a uh, demo well, today? Well, we are doing a demo with a new rug scrubber, which we had to purchase. Bangled style. Right now, everything is our kitty. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, hey, all right, we wait, wait a minute. Hold on, guys. Jeff. I'm doing the best I can, Bill. Where's... Bug scrubber? I don't think. Hi. Are you All right. I have it on. No, I. Oh no, I All can right. put it back. Indiana, Pennsylvania. Please. Okay. Are we back ready to go now, guys? Try again, Bill. Try again, right. uh, Dave. Okay. I'm, I'm here. It's a, it's a rug scrubber, the last we heard. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're doing a demo today on a Hoover rug scrubber. And it's really not too complicated to use once we figured it out. Um, and that's what the, the demo is today. So that's what we're going to be doing for the next few minutes. So what this is going on, we're going to be... Uh, everybody will be muted because we seem to have a problem with with noise and people doing things in the background and they do uh, for recording. So um, sit back and enjoy and I think you'll learn something. Good morning, everyone. It's time now for another exciting demo. Don't you think it's exciting, Chris? This one is exciting. <laughs> I can't wait to try it. We haven't actually used it yet. So we're going to do this <laughs> from the seat of our pants, I guess. <laughs> we, we've had it all of about 16 hours. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about a new product that Chris and I purchased. Um, this is a Hoover Power Elite rug scrubber. And the first thing I'm going to do is let Chris give you some information about the product before we get into all this other stuff. This is a Hoover Power Scrub Elite Pet Carpet Cleaner is its whole name. It is model number F as in Frank H50251. That's the model number. We got it from Amazon, and we got it for $157. 
ABC has it. Their item number is H, as in for, um, hotel, 311100. Their price is $249. <clears throat> and I can't see any extra things that come with it, although I could be wrong. I can't find them in the description. Uh, they do have six easy pays, so that is one thing they can offer you. Um, if you want to talk to Hoover, <clears throat> you may reach them by calling 1-800-944-9200. That's 1-800-944-9200. They are open Monday through Friday, 8, no, I'm sorry, 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And we did have to call their customer service. And we got somebody really, really good. So that's encouraging. The first thing that I'm going to attempt to do, <laughs> when you take this unit out of the box, um, you have, everything has got plastic bags on it, so you've got to remove the plastic bags off of everything that's in there, just about. There's a little tape, not much. And there's lots of styrofoam, and so you got to get rid of all that stuff. And after that, then you start taking the pieces out of the box, and the first thing you're going to come to uh, are two tanks. One is the water, uh, the clean water and solution tank, and the other one is your dirty water tank. And of course, they've got plastic bags on them, so you want to remove those. Then you have the rug scrubber itself. Which looks kind of like an upright vacuum cleaner from the back. Yeah, quite a bit. Um, so once you have that out of the box, um, the other th the you'll you'll find the ba a bag in there with some attachments. It's it's like a cloth bag, and uh, in the in the bag uh, there is a rubber ho uh, a, a a hose. It looks like a sweeper hose. Yeah, it's a uh... and. On each end of the hose, one end has a wide opening on it, and the other end has a wide opening on it, but it also has a small hose beside it that comes out with a little connection on the end of that. And the other attach, there's a couple of other attachments in there. One is a crevice tool, and the other attachment is a... The other one is a pet stain cleaner. You'll know it because it has little rubber nubs on it. And actually, both of these attachments go on the same head. Yeah, so, they go on the end of the they go on the end of that hose that's in there. We'll get to that yeah. in a little bit. Now, uh, there is a handle inside the box, and it that's has to be mounted uh, uh, attached to the scrubber and the reason they did that is because of shipping uh, to save a little bit of height <laughs> whenever it's being shipped so you've got to attach the handle to the rug scrubber 
and of course there's a plastic bag on the handle and then inside uh, that also inside that plastic bag are two screws they're in a plastic bag there's plastic everywhere <laughs> save the earth so you want to save though you want to make sure that you find those two screws that are in that plastic bag and you want to hang on to those because you're going to use them here in just a bit now this this scrubber is uh, it's a, a wide path cleaner. So you I'd know, say it cleans about a, what a fourteen inch path maybe. Yeah, something like that. Close. Okay. So what I'm going to do, the first thing I'm going to do, I've got a, a Phillips screwdriver. It's what I need because we got to attach the handle to the scrubber. So. <clears throat> The, oh, oh, by the way, the um, power cord, which you're going to have to move out of the way, has got a plastic bag on it, so we got to get rid of the uh, plastic bag, which I already did do that. And uh, and then there's a tie on the cord that you got to twist to get it off so you can unwrap the cord and uh, get that and then just sort of swing it out of the way. And then after you have the... Uh, the cord out of the way you find the uh, well if, if you you look at the the front of the rug scrubber slants down and you really can't mistake it because it it's got a knob town if you've got it the front of it facing you down at the bottom or almost to the bottom there's a big knob on the right hand side on the front of it to the left of it are two, uh, two ports uh, for that attachment hose that you'll hook up if you're going to treat a spot, for example, uh, for a, for your pet stain or whatever. Or a people stain. And uh, that that is the front of the unit down towards the bottom. But what we're going to do now is put the recorder in my pocket. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to attach the... I'm going to find the handle that I need. And I'm going to turn the scrubber around so that the the front is facing away from me and the back of the unit with the cord sticking out of it is facing me. And I want to take the handle um, and you can tell the top of it because the top of the handle has an opening um, and a little a place for your cord to wrap around. But you have the handle opening at the top. So you come down to the bottom of the handle and when you come you want to turn it around so that the flat side of the handle faces down at that is the bottom of the at the bottom end of the handle the flat side of the handle faces the front of the scrubber okay and on the back of the scrubber itself there is a it's it's like a little hole that this handle is going to set down into all right now after you do that find those two screws that you're looking for and and then hopefully you saved them <laughs> and um, if you look on each side of the handle down at the bottom of the handle probably about uh, 
inch up from the bottom of the handle. You're going to see, um, well, there's one big slot on each side, then right below it is um, a, a hole on each side of the handle where you put in your two screws. So once you have that handle sitting down in there, then you take your screws, your Phillips screwdriver, and put the uh, a, a screw in on each side of the handle, goes through the handle, and it goes into the scrubber. And then just uh, snug tighten them, you know, turn them in so that they're, they're tight, but don't force them because you don't want to strip out the stuff that the handle and the scrubber is made out of. So you want to tighten those screws down, and that attaches the handle to the scrubber. Now that we've got the handle installed onto the scrubber, uh, I'm going to bring my hands down, follow my hands down. I'm still looking at the back of the scrubber. I'm going to bring my hands down uh, sort of on the left side of the back. My hands are still on the back, but what I'm going to do is bring my hands down on to the left of the um, where the where the handle is, bring it down towards the bottom, and I'm going to find a power switch. And you press that to turn the unit on and off. And then if you move your hands over, you're going to find a little foot pedal. And use that to release your handle so you can tilt it down because when you're cleaning the carpets, you're going to want to tilt the handle down so you can move the cleaner back and forth. And it's the bigger pedal. It's a bigger pedal than what this little power switch is that's on the left. And that, this pedal is to the right of that power switch. And they're, and they're, you, you can't miss them. If you go down any farther, you're going to see on each side of the scrubber a great big wheel. That's the the, uh, the wheel that this thing, there's one on each side of the scrubber. They're about six-inch wheels. Yeah, they're, they're pretty big. good size wheels on there. There's one on each side. That would be the back of the unit. On this handle that we installed, up at the top of the handle, if we still look at the back of the unit, uh, you'll see a little thing. Uh, there's little brackets that stick up. There's one at the top of this handle and one at the bottom of the handle. That's for you to wrap your cord around when you're not using it. It's like a lot of the upright vacuums have. Right. Most vacuum uh, cleaners have that on there. Okay, so now I'm going to turn the rug scrubber around. I'm going to look at towards, I'm going to feel toward, uh, the front of the unit. It's going to be facing me. And I'll put my recorder back in my pocket. <laughs> and okay, now I've got to find the first tank that we have to install onto the scrubber, and that would be the dirty water tank. That's on the bottom. That goes onto the bottom of the, the well, the top of the, uh, actually, base unit of the machine. So I've got the, uh, 
I've got this um, dirty water tank. It's got a big handle on it, and it has, uh, you, you can tell the dirty water tank, it's, um, holds about a gallon of dirty water and on the top of this tank it's got a handle that would be if you turn it correctly uh, you're gonna have the handle towards you the front of the handle on the very back of the tank there is a rubber um, a round rubber plug and you want to make sure that that's pushed into the scrubber it's it sort of hinges you, you know you pull it out hinge it back that's what you use to empty the uh, the dirty water out of the out of the out of this tank so what I'm going to do to find the back of the unit I'm going to I'm looking at the, uh, got the handle part of it facing me, and, and you can tell the back of the unit because the, the back end of this tank slants down, and that's where that rubber plug is. So you're going to turn that to face the front of the unit. You're going to bring your hands up, and you will see an, uh, a flat opening sort of has a, uh, a hump like right in the middle of it you're going to take this tank and you're going to set it down onto the scrubber so now i've got i've got the handle facing me so i'm seeing the handle where i can put my hands through so i know i've got that onto the scrubber correctly then i'm going to bring my hands down to bottom of this tank on the front of the tank and I'm going to see it's like a, um, a rubber uh, or plastic latch and you're going to lift the latch up and you'll see on the tank there's a little uh, uh, there's an opening on the front of the tank and it's got a little ridge on it and what you're going to do is take this clamp this clamp I guess we'll call it and you're going to lay it you're going to bring it up to the tank and just sort of push down on it a little bit so that it's setting in that little ridge on the tank and then you're going to press down on the bottom of this clamp which locks the water tank the dirty water tank into place Okay, now we're going to install the second tank. And after I keep knocking things down, we will do that. So I'm going to find the, the second tank. This is the top tank. This is the water and solution tank. So we've got the bottom tank installed, and I'm going to take the top tank, and the way I can tell the front of this tank is down at the bottom of the tank, there's a knob. So that is the front of the tank. So what I'm going to do is I'll take my hands up, 
um, if, I, if I look at the handle of the scrubber and bring my hands down, I'm going to find like a, a platform right there. And it's got a little rubber valve type things right in the middle of it. So I'm going to take this tank and I'm going to set it down onto the scrubber and then I'm going to come up to the top of the tank and there's a handle on the top of this tank. I'm going to take my fingers and put it one hand on the back of the handle and of, of, of the scrubber that is and then my other hand on the handle of the tank and I'm just going to press in and that locks uh, you know I press the uh, tank handle against the scrubber and that locked that tank into place now up on the top of the handle I'm, I'm going to turn the scrubber around so that the back is facing me and if I look at the top of the handle where the big opening is where you put your hands inside the hand the handle there is uh, at the front of the handle with your hands inside the handle there is a trigger and the trigger on that handle is what you use when you start your cleaning when you squeeze the trigger and move the scrubber forward that releases your water and your solution so you would you would move the uh, scrubber forward as you squeeze you squeeze the trigger then move the rubber the scrubber forward and that will release the uh the, the motor will run uh, once you turn your power switch on and then you slide the unit forward and then you let go of the trigger come backwards pick your next spot move the uh, squeeze the trigger and move the unit forward with the trigger squeezed and you keep doing that till you get all of your uh, solution and your water into your carpet Okay, that takes care of the trigger. Now I'm going to turn this thing back around to the front of the scrubber. And I want to bring my, I want to find that top tank that we just put on there with the knob on the front of the tank. That's how you can find it. And this knob, if you turn it to the left until it stops, try this again here. If you turn this knob to the left or counterclockwise till it stops, that is rinse. So that's if you just want to use water when you uh, uh, squeeze the trigger and move it forwards. Uh, and if you turn the knob to the right till it stops, that is wash. And the only other thing on this unit, down at the bottom of the unit, uh, and I did mention this a little bit, uh, on the front of the unit, there are 
down at the bottom of the unit on the right hand side is a big knob and that adjusts according to Hoover the speed of your brushes if you want uh, deep clean you know which is going to make them go faster you would turn it counterclockwise the knob counterclockwise it'll stop turn it the opposite direction clockwise and you know then that will uh, give you a light clean and I want to make sure let me make sure that I'm not giving you that backwards That's right. I'm correct she says okay so and to the left of the knob there's a big uh, round circle and in the circle if you stick your finger in the middle of it you'll find a little ridge and you lift up on it that opens that up that's where you put your hose attachment one part of the hose attachment you put that into that hole you put the you, if you find that that hose that we took out of the box it on on one end of it it has a big opening and it also has another little hose that sticks out alongside of that big opening and you take the big part of that hose and you stick it in to this hole that's in the uh, unit because I flipped this little lid back so I, that exposes that hole and I'll stick the hose in there and turn it clockwise till it locks okay and then to the left of that there is another little port it has a uh, sort of a spring-loaded uh, it's got a little hasp like thing on the top end of it and you flip that back and you take that other that other little rubber hose and if you feel inside that opening there's a little round um, no. nozzle like sticking up and the hose that little hose plugs into that hole that's if you're going to use that hose, like if you want to just do a little pet stain or something like that. So you, that's how you would do that. And then you put your attachments on the opposite end of that hose. Yes. Okay, so what we're going to do now, we're going to put um, some water in. Now, what I, I want to make sure that I tell you this so I you know, get mixed up here. <laughs> um I'm going to look at the, the top water tank. And on the top, if I put my hands on the top, on the handle of the top tank, and come over to the left, the there's a cap right there. And if you take that off, that's where you put your clean water in. And they suggest that you use warm. Warm water. You put it in there, and that's going to hold about a gallon of uh, water. There is a line. Um, well, you can feel it on the outside, and you can reach it from the inside, but you can't feel the line on the inside. You have to go by the outside. Right. So in order to find this line, and this is something that we had to do some checking about, and we, we were trying to figure out because it's it we can't see the line. So what we figured out is uh, I'm looking at the, I took the cap off and then I dropped it and Chris uh, has it, <laughs> uh, which I don't really need to do that. Well, I will when I go to fill it. But 
to the le- on on where this opening is that I just took the cap off. Of. If you're looking at the tank from the front of it. Yeah. If you're looking at the front of the tank, find that uh, opening where you took the cap off of, and move your fingers down to the left, down along the side of that little thing that sticks up where your cap was, and you'll find <clears throat> a. a piece of plastic and it at the very bottom edge of that plastic is the top line according to what we figured out and that's what they told us uh, Hoover told us that that is the actual max line but if you want to double check yourself the first time uh, put about a gallon in there right and so we're going to put some uh, I'm going to take this tank off I'm going to give it to Chris and she's going to put some water in the tank first. Okay, now she's got the uh, uh, she she put the water in to the the left side of that tank, taking the left cap off. If you're looking at the front of the tank, and now she's going to take the solution that we have. Um, you get a 16-ounce bottle with the machine, but we also bought some other extra. So uh, what we have found out is three ounces. You want three ounces of that solution per gallon, and uh, which works perfect because that's the how much the uh, w- how much water that the uh, the unit takes. So she's going to put that in there now. That's what she's doing. Okay, now that that solution is in the the right-hand cap on the right side of that tank. So now that we've got that on there, put the recorder in my pocket again. It gets a little heavy with all that stuff in there. It does. And so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to attempt... This tank. Why don't I set that down on the floor first? Uh, I can reach it. Oh, I, I think. mean, it's going to be heavy. Okay, I set the tank down onto the scrubber, uh, putting the front end in first, and then um, gonna take one hand and put it on the back of the handle of the scrubber, and my other hand on the handle of the tank, and press it. And that locks it into place. So now we have the scrubber prepared to uh, do some some treating. So uh, now I'm gonna. The first thing I'm gonna do is I want to release. Well. I'm going to bring the uh, scrubber into where we're going to do the, uh, the treating. So I'm wheeling it back, tilting it back, and I'm, I'm wheeling it back to the uh, where we're going to, the carpet that we're going to do. <clears throat> okay, and we got that back here. <clears throat> and I'm going to pause this for a minute because I'm going to unwrap... <clears throat> my ties and stuff off of the cord. Can we unwrap the cord? 
and uh, yeah, yeah, you can do that. That'll help at least. <clears throat> and plug it in over there, yeah, Chris. Unwrap the cord and plug it in. We haven't tried this yet, so I hope it works. <laughs> so that's what we're doing now. I'll well, just, uh, if it doesn't, we'll be calling the nice people at Hoover back. Yeah. <laughs> now, what I do when I'm working with a cord is I flip, I take the cord from the unit. I stand behind the unit and I take the cord and I flip it over my shoulder. And that way I don't run the risk of running over it. I do that for sweepers or whatever. Okay, so uh, what Chris is going to do, the first thing down at the bottom, I've got the uh, the front of the uh, carpet scrubber facing away from me, and we've got to release the, uh, we got to turn the power on, that's what we've got to do. Well, we've got to release the handle. Release the handle, and there's that little foot pedal in the back. Got it. Are you driving or am I? No, you are. You can drive it. On the left-hand side, on the bottom, down at the bottom of the machine, there is a power switch to the left of that foot pedal. Now, I think it's going to be pretty loud. It may be, and so, so what we'll do is let it run just for a couple minutes, uh, a minute or so, because you can't talk over it, because it, it does make some noise, supposedly. So, I'll let you hear it when she starts it, and uh, then what she'll do is she'll pull uh, push the unit, squeeze the trigger, push the unit forward, and then let go of the trigger, pull it backwards, push it forward again with the trigger squeezed, and that puts the solution and stuff into uh, in, into the... Uh, are, are you going to use water first? No, I'm just going to use okay, wash so, first. So you're going you're gonna to turn Because it's that. already been pre-treated. We pre-treated a pet stain. Now, I, I should say that I just discovered you have to turn the power on before you can put the handle down because once you put the handle down you can't get to that power switch okay so we turn that knob on the front of the tank to uh, uh, rinse and that's what she's going to do now is fire this baby up and we'll see what happens
Okay. Um, we did clean the uh, the carpet, and we didn't let it run too long. We, uh, you know, I'll leave the recorder on the whole time we did it because uh, you'd never be able to hear us talk. <laughs> but it appears that um, the carpet is clean. And I guess, you know, if there's any problems, somebody will let us know that it didn't do as good of a job as it should have. But it, We'll uh, go smell it later today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, it, yeah, the solution does have a little bit of smell, and so we can tell that the uh, solution uh, and, and, and the rinse uh, work like it was supposed to. The, the, the thing that Hoover tells you to do is pre-treat if you need to and let your pre-treatment set for 30 minutes. You can use a spray bottle or you can just mix up about an ounce to a gallon, a quart of water, I mean. Or you can buy the pre-treat spray gel. But you let it sit for about 30 minutes and if you don't want it in a spray bottle, you, the lady told me you can just mix it in a pitcher or a bowl and just dip your towel in it and kind of squeeze it out where it's still pretty wet and lay it on the stain and just pre-treat it for 30 minutes. Then you wash and then you rinse. And that's just by using that knob on, on, the, uh, on the, the front of the top tank. So that's what we did. That's what we did and everything seemed to work the first time. So I guess we won't complain too much. Now, if you're just cleaning the carpet and it's not stained, you probably don't have to uh, pre-treat yeah, it because you're going to just be using the uh, the solution that you have in, in your tank. So anyway, um, that's a general idea how this unit works. Um, it does exactly what it's supposed to do, as I always say, if if it does. <laughs> and uh, this one did. So I'll have Chris give you the information about the product one more time. This is a Hoover Power Scrub Elite Pet Carpet Cleaner. It is model number F as in Frank, H50251. It is available at Amazon right now for $157.73. It is a prime item. You can also get it from QVC. It's item number H as in hotel. 311100. Its price is $249.99 with six easy payments. QVC's automated number is 1-800-345-1212. Their number to speak with a real person is, or a live person is 1-800-345-1515. You can also buy it from Hoover at hoover.com. Hoover's number, should you want to speak with them, is 1-800-944-9200. That's 1-800-944-9200. They are open from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And I'm also sure that you can get it numerous other places like maybe Walmart or Kohl's or someplace like that. Well, that's all the time we have for this demo. If you have any questions, you can email Bill Sparks at bill at billsparks.org. And if he uh, and ask, you can ask him any questions you like. And if he doesn't have the answers, he'll get a hold of us. And we'll be glad to help you folks out. Well, that's it for now. Everyone uh, have I've a... I've got to give the phone number. 
Okay. Yeah. Don't want to forget the phone <clears throat> numbers. Or you may reach us during this live broadcast by calling 646-558-8656. That's 646-558-8656. Press pound. You'll be asked for the meeting ID. That is 848-725-450. That's 848-725-450. Press pound one more time. You'll be asked for the user ID. Press pound again, and you will be in the room with us. Well, that's all the time we have. Everyone have a great week, and stay tuned next week for another another exciting exciting demo. Thank you very much, guys. I know. I'm going to tell you right now, Dave and Chris. When in doubt, I'm going to hire out. <laughs> I, uh, fortunately, Jeff, you don't have any animals, so you don't have to worry about that too much. No, as a matter of fact, in my complex build, they, they have people who clean the carpets go all over the hallways in the... Uh, on the floors are carpeted, and the hallway in the lobby is carpeted up, up, up to up, except for where the front of the. No, that's also carpeted, and so they have people who do occasionally shampoo the carpets, and they allow all the tenants to hire this company or to use this company, and everyone's entitled to one steam cleaning a year of their carpets. So I, I do that once a year at my apartment. We, we've had to have ours done. Uh, one of those stream cleaners like Dave and Chris have used. Probably three this or four thing times does a wonderful since, job. Since Jackie's, you know, with the dog, we've had to have several passes through at it. So it's it's a wonderful thing. And I always tease you guys, Chris and Dave, but I really admire you for doing all this work with these demos. I mean, I don't have the patience to go through what you guys do, and you do got you guys do good a very good job with them. It's fun when you take things out of the box and. Get the rip plastic off and all that kind of. So fun. it's done a pretty good job for you overall. You would rate it pretty yep. high. Yes, if I had it to do over again, I probably would buy the same one. So how long? About how long does it take to empty that container before you have to go and empty the the dirty one? Probably. What would you say, Dave? You could clean for maybe half an hour. Yeah, you think? what you do, if if the dirty water tank gets full, you'll hear the brushes shut off, which I probably should have said that in the, in the demo, but you can tell. And once it gets about a gallon of, wa- of water in there, you know, that's dirty water, that is, then it'll, it'll, shut, it'll shut the brushes off. The motor still runs, but then you know that you can change it. And it's, I'd say... We cleaned that whole carpet, and it was probably about a half hour. Maybe not quite that long, but the dirty tank holds just as much water as the clean tank, so. But some of them seem to empty it every few minutes. I just was curious. Well, you know what, and another thing that could make a difference, it depends on how fast you walk whenever you push it. Of course, we don't walk real fast when we're doing it, because we just got to make sure that we don't miss spots. It's also a little heavy. And how big a room will you use? is the room that you're using it in, Chris, Dave? We have one room is what is that? What was that 20 office? By, I don't, well, the office isn't that big. The office think. isn't real. The office is, is only... It's probably, what, 10 by 12, maybe 12 by 14? Yeah, about something more, like that. That's I don't more know. like it. 
about 12 or 14. And, and when you when when you had to clean the pet the pet stain, did you did you get someone in to make sure that the, that that the machine actually did what it was supposed to do and got rid of the stain? Do you know if that actually worked for you guys? We are assuming that it did. Um, well, one of the things was you you can kind of tell in the feel of the carpet because the one carpet that we went that we were cl- actually cleaning when it's a shag carpet. I hate that carpet. Yeah. So do I. <laughs> my, uh, my, as a matter of fact, we had a shag carpet when I lived in an apartment in New York City. My parents had a sh- had the whole apartment with shag carpeting, and you had to use a carpet rake to clean that carpet. Okay. Yep. And we said no, that this is a short shag. It's not the long shag. It's oh. a real short shag. And I told my parents, I said, you should never buy that again, ever, really. Oh, I, I, I believe awful. we have a Bill. I believe we have a question from either a J- Joe and Ellen. Yes. Yeah, go ahead, guys. Wanna... Go ahead. Yeah, it's me. Um, I was wondering, how long after you've done, after you've shampooed the carpet, how long does it take to dry? It actually didn't take too long because whenever you pull the car, uh, the cleaner backwards. If you don't hold the button you, in. Yeah, if you, if you keep your fingers off the trigger when you pull it backwards, it actually sucks the water out of the carpet. So it was damp for... Maybe a half hour. We we did run the ceiling fan back there though, and that helps, I think. No, I was just curious. It was completely dry in about a half hour. Oh, okay. I know. I know some cleaners that you know that carpet can. Well, and it depends on the on the the, on the way the carpet is made, but. That got dry pretty quick. We sure got some dirty water though. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing, and so you would recommend it. What and is there a one year warranty on, on this product when you first buy it and get it out of the box and all that, Chris? Th- there's actually a two year warranty. And how helpful did you find Hoover to be on the phone talking to them? Excellent. I got a hold of a young lady named Heather, and she she was really good. Well, I need to know. You know, I had a lot of technical questions and stuff, and. With like you know, and I need to know like which way if you turn the knob on the on the water tank, which way is uh, a rinse and which way is is uh, water in solution both and things like that because you couldn't feel any markings or anything on the machine. So um, you know there was some, and the lady was just very very descriptive and i i had to ask some questions about the actual procedure because when i looked at youtube videos i got conflicting information and (laughs) i just told her i'd never had it i'd never used a rug scrubber before and she didn't make me feel stupid or anything but at least it works and you it's something you can use and like i said we've had to use more rub scrubbers this past several months i think than we've ever done and we had one carpet cleaner came out last year this is before we even had the dog and that was one of the worst experiences i've ever seen uh somebody named stanley steamer that was a joke that was three hundred dollars just thrown away they yeah, just, we have one of those around here. Yeah, they're they're a franchise company, and there are people that are franchises with their various areas with that company. Bill, they're all over the country. When I, of course, grew up in a small town, my cousin ran a carpet cleaning place, and they had a, a truck that came, and then they ran it from the truck 
the water and the steam. Like I've had them come and they want to use your bathtub to fill up the water or whatever sink. No, he uses a truck and their their stuff really worked well with with cleaning. I don't know if the technology's changed, but they didn't do such a good job. Well, they broke their hose the first time and had to go get a different truck. They had all kinds of. Well, the truck part is not a, is not unusual, Bill. I've seen that. It, we we oh, had it when truck, I owned yeah. the house. That's how they cleaned our carpets in my house. They had a, they had the truck in the driveway, and it worked very well. So it's it, it's 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 just a matter. Of well, I had good luck with them before, not that particular one, but I mean, I used Stanley Steamer before, and they did a good job. Those people just didn't. The other thing is you should know is at least our supermarkets, we have a supermarket called Price Chopper, and if you want to clean your carpet, you can rent a carpet cleaner from them. I think that, I think it's called Rug Doctor or something like that, and you can rent the uh, carpet cleaner, bring it home and use it, and then bring it back to the store if you're really not familiar or if you really don't think you're going to use it that often. And you can rent the carpet cleaner and shampoo your carpeting that way. I know we, we used to do that when I had an apartment many, many years ago. But it's I don't think they're quite fun, as though. good. They're not quite as good, those... I don't think. Maybe I'm wrong. I think you're probably right, and I think you sometimes have to clean out your own tanks because you get a lot of other people's junk. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that as well, Chris. But as I said, when in doubt, I'm I'm not an expert at this stuff. And when in doubt, it, it, I don't only only order out; I hire out. So yeah, but hiring <laughs> out is one thing, Jeff. But at least get a good value for your money. And that's, that's exactly that's what that, that's my point. I agree. It's one thing to hire here. We've had some carpet cleaners in the past, um, uh, a couple of different brands, and a lot of them, they just didn't work very well to pump and burn out. Yeah, it's one thing to hire out, but, you know, uh, it, you know it's, it's just... Hoover's a pretty good brand, though. They ought to be pretty good. Oh, they've been around for years and years. And they make good vacuum cleaners. Oh, yeah, they do. We have about nine minutes to go. If anyone has any questions, please uh, you know, raise your and hand and, and we'll I'm get sure to you as right. well. And I'm sure Chris has a recipe for us. I do, whenever you're ready. I'm We're ready. ready. I'm hungry. <laughs> hey, this is called Tennessee Cherry Salad. And it calls for one can of cherry pie filling. You can also substitute strawberry. Of course, then it would be a Tennessee strawberry salad. And usually those cans are about 20 ounces. One large carton of whipped topping. And if it's frozen, you need to thaw it. One small can of crushed pineapple, undrained. And this is the flat can. Looks kind of like a tuna can. One cup of chopped nuts. And one can of sweetened condensed milk something like Eagle Brand. And all you do is you mix all the ingredients together. You can choose your um, pan that you're going to pour it into. If you want it to be really, really thick, you can use a 9 by 9 but it's going to be really full. I would prefer to either use a 7 by 11 or a 9 by 13 even. Um, but anyway, that's up to you. Or you can put it in muffin cups like if you're using a metal pan paper cups or you can put it straight in a silicone muffin pan anyway you mix all that together and you put it into the freezer and you just freeze it and afterward you just take it out and let it thaw for a little bit and 
probably, I would guess, maybe let it thaw for about 10 or 15 minutes because it's meant to be eaten frozen. So I thought that oh, yeah. would be good for a hot summer day. You know what's funny, Chris? Even I, who don't, who doesn't like to do anything in the kitchen, could probably do something like this. Oh, yeah. It's... It's pretty that's a, that's and if an you evil make laugh, muffins, you can also <laughs> take your muffins out and put them in a Ziploc bag or something. If you just want to take them out a few at a time. Your wife has an evil laugh, Bill. <laughs> I think that was kind of an I don't know laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he could probably do that. Well, let's not let's not let's not talk too loud about it, Chris. I wouldn't want to admit to people I really do some of this stuff. <laughs> We're putting it in the Wall Street Journal. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. <laughs> Just cleaning service. Just cooking service. Cooking service, cleaning, you name it, he does it. I'm not doing any cooking tomorrow. I'm having baby back ribs tomorrow. Yum. Are you cooking them yourself? Oh no no no! My 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 ex-wife has invited me for Fourth of July dinner with the uh, girls, and they're gonna have uh, baby back ribs, corn on the cob, watermelon, and I forgot what else that she's having. But that's what we're having tomorrow. Well, that sounds really good. You're welcome. Sounds like a summer picnic. Somebody that I was talking to said they didn't like watermelon. That's me. That was Bill. Yeah. It's me. Good stuff. Not a big watermelon. I, oh, I love watermelon. Well, Linda in Pittsburgh doesn't really like watermelon either. <laughs> I can eat it, but it's not you know my favorite those, melon. You know how to make those watermelon balls when you when you cut out the watermelon from the uh, from the rind and yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how to do that, but I mean, I like watermelon. Well, you have to have a watermelon baller. They're easy to do, but they're a pain. It takes forever. Yeah, my mother just bought a watermelon cuber. Oh yeah, I think we got it from QVC. I'm not sure, but um, you just—it has a little tray that it flips the cubes up into, and you just go along the watermelon. You start at one edge and go all the way to the other, and it. Oh, that's cool! I'm gonna have to look for that. Yeah, and uh, I'll I'll find out from Laura for sure where we got that. Um, but it might have been Amazon. I can't remember anyway, but it it works really nice. Hey, Julia McCullough has her hand raised. She has before we, before we get going. Yes, I have a couple of things. For one thing, Jeff, um, I, I used to make a similar salad, but we just put it in a round container, even one of those ice cream, those plastic ice cream tubs and didn't freeze it. Um, and it was a similar salad, so that would make it easier for you. Um, <laughs> Thanks a lot, Julie. <laughs> and also, I don't like watermelon either. Great. Um, and I don't like and I don't like cucumbers because they taste like watermelon without the juice. And I heard in some documentary that actually um, watermelon and cucumbers are related. Oh, they probably are. Actually, the, uh, my more favorite, do you, do you, Chris, I don't know if you guys, we call it honeydew or cantaloupe. Do you like those kind of melons? Uh, I like honey, I like cantaloupe way better than honeydew. The, the honeydew tends to be a little bit, I don't like the texture of it as well. Yeah, I agree. I'm that way. They are different. And if, and just be, just before we go, if, if you're not looking to cut up the honeydew melon or the, or the cantaloupe, if you go to the supermarket, I know it's going to be more money, but they sell these containers that's with the with the melon already cut up in there, and it'll just open the container and have at it. 
Yeah, but oh, they've they containers of fresh pineapple, too, that are, that are already sliced, and that's wonderful. I know. Real, real quick, oh, real quick, ahead. Jeff. Real quick, Jeff, give you a little history of the watermelon. We didn't have watermelon in the United States until the African people brought it over from there. Oh, okay. That came from that came from Africa. It's a pickle. Thank it you, is in the pickle back. family. Yeah. Julie is right. It's raised to pickle. Oh, they can take it back, Bill. But a lot of people love it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give it back. Bill, I can't help it. We'll give it back. <laughs> Turn it on. No more making fun of me for not liking cheese. Then. Oh. <laughs> well, sorry, Chris. <laughs> she doesn't like cheese so good. <coughs> um, can't win them all. I don't like can't win them all. all. If, if everybody had the same taste, we'd all there wouldn't be restaurants. So there'd be one restaurant. It's like me. I don't like peas unless they're raw. From I can take them right out of the shell and eat them. I don't like cooked peas. I just yeah. don't. I never will. Yeah, you just can't account for people's taste. Hey. I, just a programming note, there will be a recorded All Things Radio tomorrow night. It won't it'll be a uh, air check that Jeff has found of what? WGARFAM in Cleveland, Ohio from July 4th, 1976. It was on our bicentennial. Yeah, and so it's going to be about an hour long, so you can either listen or download the podcast at a at a later time so that'll be out there uh, Tim's going to be doing his show tomorrow who knows maybe I'll get on and do something I don't know uh, tomorrow uh, there'll be plenty of time to do it are you going to sing a watermelon song no I'm going to play what's that song the watermelon cry I'll play well, that there's watermelon man by Mongo Santa Maria yeah yep. Isn't there some song by Tom T. Hall called something about watermelon wine Old or something? Dogs, yeah, Old Dogs, dogs Children, oh, yeah. Watermelon, watermelon Wine. Yeah, yeah, we can play that one. And so, what is that song? The, the Watermelon Crawl? Uh, yes. Yeah, country song. So, we got to cover it. Hey, I want everybody to have a good holiday, no matter what you do, how you do it. I appreciate you taking the time to come in to listen. Really, really, really appreciate that. And everybody that participated in the discussions, thank you so very, very much. Tim, I'll let you take it over. And and I'm not going to run spots before you go. And Tim, you just do it from your end. And we'll take care of all of that. And thanks, Bonnie Remy, for listening and making your input and comments on the email. Thank you so much for listening.